Hallelujah. All right, let's just pray again for a few moments. Father, we thank you again. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. That Lord God, you are bringing us into a new place of understanding as you prepare us for that which is to come. You are raising us as warriors in the earth because through us, prophecy shall be fulfilled. Through us, Lord, things shall begin to happen which have been suspended in the heavens for many years. And I thank you for your people today in the name of Jesus. Thank you again for your anointing. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the grace to minister your word in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay, Bazalwane, uh, while the rest are coming in, let me just um, recap for about a minute. Uh, I, I got cut off there because I wasn't watching Umamuji, who helps me to understand uh, the time that we have. So I was, I was saying to you, if I can just start from here. When we choose to pray, when we choose to pray, we are, we are making a statement in the spirit. We are making a statement in the spirit. That number one, we do not accept what Satan has presented to us. He may, he may have done that with our forefathers, our ancestors, but when it comes to us, we are saying when we decide to engage him and push back, we are saying, no, we are not accepting the deal as it stands. The deal as it is right now does not reflect the will of God. The will as it is presented to us by circumstances financially, by our physical state, my body, my sickness, by whatever thing that is happening in my marriage, what is being presented to me, I'm I'm not agreeing with it. They may have been divorces in my bloodline to the extent that no marriage lasted for five years, whatever the case was. But no one perhaps uh, arose to begin to push back against the enemy. Now we are saying when we choose to pray, we are saying, I do not accept that which the enemy is presenting. Number two, when we press in through prayer, we are saying, I am moving out of the present into the future because there is a future that God has prepared for us. We, we spoke about that. We speak about uh, our promised land. We speak about that which we need to possess. Now, though all those things, they begin to factor in. When we begin to pray, we are saying, no, this is not my portion in life. I am not, I, I refuse to remain this way. I refuse for my life to remain at this level. I want to step out. So prayer is us making that statement in the spirit. Spiritual warfare, we also said spiritual warfare is us commanding our present to be in line with our preordained future. Now I want us as well to move. I'm going to touch just briefly on what we discussed. Uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. I want to touch on, because when we speak of warfare, Basically, we're speaking of alignment, of alignment. If my life at this point in time is not aligned, is not in line with the will of God, 
Definitely, I'm not going to allow it. Why must I allow it? Why must you allow it? Why must you allow something that is not God's will for you? Why must you allow something that's not God's will for your marriage, for your children? Warfare is about alignment. Now, when we explained before what alignment was, you remember that we said it is to fall into the word align, alignment means to fall into line. If you listen carefully to alignment, there's a word line in there. It's to fall into line or to bring into line, bringing into line or to cause something to run parallel with. So when we pray, it is us crying out, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, let that which is here be aligned with that which you have preordained for me, with the prophecy that is ready to be released, to be made a reality should I pray. So understand the power of prayer in aligning heaven and earth. Yeah. So that there's an agreement. My life uh, financially or in my marriage must reflect the will of God for it. My life, my relationships in every sphere of my life. Prayer is us pushing for that alignment to happen. Because the enemy will want to cause everything to be a desert a prayer warrior refuses for that to happen. A prayer warrior does not take things as they come. A prayer warrior refuses just to receive and to shake hands with the enemy just because Obabamkolo accepted it because it is expected that things will go this way, not for a prayer warrior, not for somebody who is a, a watchman who has been raised by God to fight on behalf of that family. So we, 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 I want us to understand the principle of alignment this morning. Remember also we spoke about Jeremiah 1 verse 5 where it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet. So in praying, we're saying that which you declared before I was born. You knew me and you knew my life and my life was set. Let that be aligned. Everything here, Bazalwan, everything here must reflect that which God has already established. A prayer warrior must understand that. And a prayer warrior must fight every single day for that to become a reality. Mm -hmm. What I can tell you at this point is that there is a lot of misalignment in our lives. In many areas of our lives, in fact, there is misalignment in our health. There is misalignment in our finances. There is misalignment in our relationships, in our, in our careers. There is misalignment. And so when we pray, we're we, we, we pushing back what the enemy... See, the enemy has a plan as much God has a plan for your life. The plan of the enemy is something totally opposite. It's chalk and cheese. Can't be compared. So sometimes we think this is my life. Who told you this is your life? Because you were born into this thing, it does not mean that it's your portion. It does not mean that this is what God had planned for you. So we must have revelation. We must have discernment. This is why we must um, measure and gauge our life against the word. 
what what I am experiencing right now is it reflected in God's word for me? Because your life looks like the promises of God. Your life must look like the promises of God in health, in 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 finances and elsewhere. My life must reflect the promises of God. So everything that we go through, our our suffering, our pain, our grief, Bazalwan, our lack. Uh, are not meant to be permanent. They are not meant to be permanent. Permanence, the, the status of permanence in families is given by people who refuse to pray. Mm-hmm. My refusal to prayer attaches a certain status to my family, to my finances, to my health, because nothing natural is meant to be permanent. I said before, Everything that is natural is subject to change. Everything that's natural is subject to change. And we must pray until everything is in line with the will of God. You're asking, what is the will of God? How, does I, how do I know it's the will of God? How does the will of God look like? Oh, oh Romans chapter, chapter 12, oh verse 2, Akon. The Bible is very clear about the will of God for us. It says there, the will of God has got through markers. These are the three markers. They are found in Romans 12, verse 2. That you may prove what is the good. The will of God is good. The will of God is good. Number two, it is acceptable. Number three, it is perfect. That's how we know. It is good. It is acceptable. It is perfect. So when the enemy deals me, in then I When I look at this thing, there's nothing good about it. There's nothing to be accepted. It's not acceptable. God doesn't accept it. It is not perfect. It's just this. It's just wrong. Now that drives me into prayer. I begin to pray because the Bible has told me that the will of God is good. It is acceptable and it is perfect. So God's will for you, Bazawad, is to is to thrive. I want you to know that. It, 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 is, it is to make it in life. It is for your prayers to be answered. It is for the breakthroughs that you've been praying for to happen. Now, in this segment, I hope I'm going to explain to you why that is important. He wants you to thrive, to blossom, to bloom, to make it big. Not just to make it, but to make it big. Because our failure does not glorify him. Mm. Our pain does not fulfill prophecy through us. Our poverty would seem like, in actual fact, you know when I'm poor, it, it seems like I'm collaborating with the enemy. I'm collaborating with fallen angels in one way or the other. Because as long as I am poor, my arm of influence is shortened. As long as I cannot provide and bless somebody and cause a child and orphan to go to varsity, my arm of influence is shortened. And that way the agenda of the enemy is fulfilled. That particular child could be coming from a family uh, that is broken. So he's already... In, 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 in his mission to wreak havoc in that family, to cause desolation and to make them a wilderness. Now, as a person blessed by God, 
and my financial muscle allows for me to be a blessing to the child, and I do it. I am pulling them out of the plans of Satan. Failure to do so because I lack money, because I lack funds, collaborates with the agenda of the enemy to cause the child not to progress in life. Yeah. So they remain, um, they, they get stunted at that level. So understand that um, it is God's will for you to prosper uh, financially, like for real, like prosper, like abound in all things. This is why uh, Apostle John, remember in uh, First John, um, is it First John, it's Third John, Third John chapter one, verse two. You must check that. Third uh, John chapter one, verse two. The Bible says, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper." In all things and be in health, yeah. just as your soul prospers. Now, when Umpostolo John, when he said those words, he was not being in the flesh, he was not in the flesh, he was not being vain, he was not being carnal. Uh, when, when John said this, he was, he was apostolic, he was, he was a strong believer, by the way. Uh, 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 John in, in righteousness and holiness. So don't think when he speaks about prosperity and, and God doing amazing things uh, in that area, he's being, he's being just uh, vain. He was a strong believer in righteousness according to 1 John 3, 7. John was a strong believer in, in he spoke against sin very strongly. Uh, 1 John 3, 8. Uh, he says, he who sins is of the devil, he says. So when he speaks these words, he's speaking from heaven. He knows the will of God for the church. He understands uh, the will of God for the saints. He, he says uh, in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins. So he, he believed in what we believe, even as kingdom embassy house. So John says uh, in 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. Remember when he said those words? Do not love the world or the things in the world. So he understands all these things. But over and above that, he's praying. He says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper. You may prosper. So he does not connect the things of the world necessarily with God prospering you. Because sometimes because of carnality, because about Abafundis and all these people who are full of themselves, who are greedy. We have thought that prosperity and God blessing you is carnal. No, it's not. It's the same apostle who prays that may you prosper in all things. The same apostle says, do not love the world or the things of the world. So God, Bazalwan, wants you to do well because there must be alignment. He wants you and I to do well, not for the sake of, of just, because there must be an alignment. The enemy must fail dismally in that which he's trying to do in the end. So failure, understand that failure to pray is accepting the deal of the enemy. We keep praying until every area is in line. We keep praying until every area is aligned. Amen. When every area is aligned in our lives, then we pray for other people, for their areas to be aligned. So prayer, it does not stop because there is a, a, a five million on my account. It, we pray 
because it's about alignment. If it's not about me, it's about those who are outside, those that I pastor, those that God has called me to, to oversee. I pray for alignment until everything is in line. As long as something in your life and in my life is not aligned with God's will, prayer should not stop. Irrespective of the money that has come onto your account, it's not about money. It's about every area being aligned. It's about praying for others, for them to experience alignment in marriage. Marriage is threatened by Satan. No, it must be aligned. There must be alignment. What God wants to fulfill through that marriage must be fulfilled in Jesus' name. So I want you to understand that victory in life, success, and prosperity, if handled by carnal people, Bazalwan, we will always uh, have carnal aftertaste concerning these things. So God wants you to prosper. Understand, I am telling you, I am into holiness. I am into um, re repentance, as we have always taught, into priesthood of believers. But I have understanding of what God is doing in the end. So there are things that I, I hope you will begin to understand them in a different light when we minister to them. Because we minister them from a, 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 a platform of, 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 of holiness and righteousness and revelation in God, in Jesus' name. Next point I want you to, to understand and I want to make. Is of prophetic significance. Everything that God does in your life and in my life is of prophetic significance. So God does not just answer a prayer so that I can just send my kids to school. Of course, that will happen. But everything that God does is of prophetic significance. That's why God moves when we pray. So Uncle Uncle, when he deals with us, he does not just give us toys just for us to be entertained. He gives me a car. It gives me a, a business, it gives me a, a job, just to play with. Everything that God does is a message. Let me repeat that. Everything that God does is a message. It is fulfillment of prophecy. When God promotes, when God anoints, when God delivers, He is making a statement. Let me repeat that to you. When God promotes you, when God anoints you, when God heals you, when God delivers you, he is making a statement. He is demonstrating, number one, the power of his love. He's a, now, this is very important and powerful. The next thing I'm going to do, I want you to always think about that when you're praying and expecting an answer from God. When God answers your prayer, he is exposing the limitations of the enemy. Mm. When God answers your prayer, he is exposing the limits, the boundaries of the enemy. He is revealing unkul unkul, the finite nature of human suffering. Whatever you go through, don't, don't worry about the, what the devil is whispering to you. He is revealing and exposing every suffering and every pain is finite. In other words, it is temporary. When he begins to move in, he's exposing the lies of Satan for all to see. So God 
when he moves in and he begins to do things on our behalf, everything he does has a prophetic message. It's prophetic. It carries weight in the spirit. It's not just for us to be entertained for, or for him to be entertained. He moves in because he makes a statement. He sends a secular in the spirit realm to, to say, that which you thought was permanent, it's not. There is God in heaven. I am God. I am El Elyon. I am Elohim. Your lease has come to the end. Yeah. It has expired. It's time for you to vacate property. I am here. I am your father. I am your God. I have always loved you. I, my eyes have always been on you. When God answers your prayer, when he gives you that job, he is making that statement. You know, when God answers prayer, basically it is, it is two or three things. I think it's three things according to scripture, over and above what I've said. According to scripture, what is noted in scripture, number one, that they may know. When God answers prayer, he says that they may know. In 1 Kings, remember 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 43, it says, Here in heaven, you dwelling place, here in heaven, you dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all peoples of the earth may know that your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. So God moves in answers prayer so that they may know. In 1 Kings again 8.59 it says, And may these words of mine with which I have made supplication before the Lord be near the Lord our God day and night, that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel as each day may require. Now listen to the next uh, statement. That all the peoples of the earth may know mm. that the Lord is God. Mm. That there is no other. No See, I said to you before, when God answers your prayer, there's something in it for him. Mm. So don't you ever believe the lies of the enemy, that the enemy, that God does not want to come through for you. God wants to answer prayer so that they may know. Yeah. Secondly, the reason why God answers prayer, it says that they may see. Yes. Uh, Isaiah 41 says, I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. Mm -hmm. I will make the wilderness a pool Ooh. of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar. And the acacia tree, mm -hmm. the oil tree, I will set in the desert, the cypress tree, and the pine, and the box tree together, that they may see mm -hmm. and know, and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. Number three, it says, God answers your prayer so that you shall remember. Yes. You shall remember. You, you will tell your your posterity, your, your grandchildren. It says in Deuteronomy 24, but you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt mm -hmm. and the Lord your God redeemed you from there 
Therefore, I command you to do this thing. So understand, Mazarani, God, he wants us to pray. And he wants to answer prayer. And he wants you to arise to pray more than we have ever prayed before. God is looking for people who will believe him and partner with him. He wants people who will pray so that he can preach through their, 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 their answered prayer. Do you know that it becomes a, a, a message? He is preaching. Now, just briefly, there is no more time. <laughs> but there are two ty- types of preachers, Bazoad Mishabin. There are preachers who preach with their words. You know, people who preach with their words, um, like I'm doing right now. But there are people who preach with their life. Mm. See, your faith mm. through a season of pain is a sermon. Yes. Your faith through a season of pain. Your enjoy, it's a sermon like Job. Your example through holy living, it's a sermon. Now, when it comes to what I'm addressing today, your victories are an example to others. So that your victories become a sermon. Your example through victories in life is a sermon to those who are watching. When God begins to come through for you, that is a sermon, that is a message. It begins to preach about the faithfulness of God. So understand what we are dealing with, but it's, it's more, prayer is more than what we thought it was. Heaven wants you to pray. God wants you to fight because God wants to preach and expose the limitations of the enemy through your answered prayer. God wants to show forth his power and his glory through us. Now, I'm, I'm about to close, but how much time do we have, Mamji? Uh, let me just discuss something about kings. Why he wants to move like this? Why, why, why does God want to answer your prayer? Why it is important for him to answer prayer? Let me just explain to you, in course, a king is not a king by raising of his crown and, uh, and his throne. Um, see, you can have a king with a crown and, uh, and the throne, but they're not really kings. Mm. Uh, a king is a king by reason of, of his power and influence. Let me repeat that. A king is not a king by reason of his throne, just his throne and his, and his crown. A king is a king by reason of his influence and his power. Without power and without influence, his rulership is insulted. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's only a mockery. So if, he, if he's on a throne, but he does not have power, he does not have influence, uh, his, his, his kingship is only a mockery. In the absence of power and influence, he becomes just a, what they call a ceremonial figure, a nominal figure. He's not a king. So this is why then a king during his reign, his preoccupation is to ensure that the domain over which he governs, the domain over which he rules, displays his will, displays his power, displays his influence. 
because that's the confirmation that he reigns over them. That's the confirmation, that's the seal of his rulership. As long as he just sits on the throne and he's wearing his crown, that's not a demonstration of his power. His power is made manifest when his domain or his subjects are aligned with his will and desire. When his domain is aligned with his will and, and his desire, then we know that he is king, that he rules and he reigns. The culture of his uh, domain is reflective of his heart. The culture, the lifestyle of his subjects is in line with that which the king wants. Then we know that the king reigns and he rules. Failure on the part of the kingdom to display and reflect the will of the king undermines the king. Mm -hmm. Let me repeat that. Failure on the part of the kingdom or the, the domain over which he rules and he reigns, failure on their part to display and reflect the will of the king undermines the king, undermines the king. So we want his will to find expression through us. We want his will to find expression through us. We only want um, what he wants. We only desire what he desires, not what religion wants. What he, this is why we are big on alignment one, because we want the power and the will and the influence of the king to be made manifest through us. So when we begin to pray, family, when we fight, when we engage in warfare, we are pushing. Remember the scripture we read the other day, literally, the, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence... Um, and the violent take it by force. Mm. No, because we will not tolerate uh, our king, his influence and his will not being made manifest in our, in our realm. God's people want to see the will of the Father in your finance, not because I'm greedy. If God wants to make the, the, the Damkizes um, millionaires or the Kunenes, or Mazibogo, no, 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 or anybody listening to me. It's not because you are being greedy. It is because if that is aligned with the will of God for your life and you fail to arise at that level in prayer, you, you are undermining the will of God. You are undermining the influence of heaven to be made manifest through your life. I hope you understand now. Why God wants your prayers to be answered. He is king. But he cannot just be king nominally or ceremonially. He is king because we reflect, we portray, we display, we exhibit his will and his heart in our physical health, in our marriages, in our finances, in our careers. How does his will look like? His will is good. His will is acceptable. His will is perfect. We want God to see his will being made manifest in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the last scripture I want us to, to, to discuss. Then I think we will, uh, we will be done. 
The book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. Oh, one of my favorite scriptures, Bazalwane, Matthew 7, when we discuss prayer, I cannot discuss prayer with you without discussing Matthew 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now listen to this next one. Oh, what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Basalwan, warfare is refusing to settle for stone when God has promised you bread. Warfare is me refusing a serpent when God has promised me fish. I will not accept that which the Lord has not apportioned to me. I will not receive that which God has not given me. Failure to pray is an agreement with the enemy to settle for the stone that he provides and for the serpent he provides for you and for the rest of your generation. Failure to pray is shaking hands with status quo. When we choose to pray, I'm saying, I know what God has promised. I know what I've prayed for. I know what God has planted in my heart. I know what is in his word for me by way of promise. So I refuse to accept that which God has not given me. If life looks like a stone to you, something not to be enjoyed, life looks like it's just doing snake stuff, it's serpentine to you. I will not receive it because that's not what God has promised me. So when we pray, we are pushing back against what the enemy is trying to do. If I don't pray automatically the status quo is established and it's given permanence. My failure to pray or praying in a lackadaisical, in a um, casual manner, Basil, I want you to understand my heart when I say that of love for you because I want you to push you to a certain level of prayer. So when I pray in that manner, I am not uh, helping heaven at all. I am not releasing angels. I am not helping to fulfill their destiny. Understand that you are his garden and he wants to continue his project that was disrupted by the enemy in the Garden of Eden. You are his garden. He wants to bless you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to make it. Why? So that they may know. He wants to answer your prayer. And if you, if you would choose to live a life of prayer, he wants through you to show them that they may know, that they may see, that they may remember in Jesus' name.